Garrett. Hello. There's a familiar jingle jangling going on down your street. You look outside. You're 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 a kid in my little scenario here. Okay. And you 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 look outside. You've been playing all these video games all day, and rolling down the street. Our is paradise. A big, a, it's paradise. It's a big honking truck with a very strange man, and he's got all these photos plastered on the side of his truck while this this little horn and and bell system jingles a, a sweet little tune. And you go out there. And you know what this you know what this truck is, Gare? I I think I might be able to get a tasty treat from this fine gentleman. And then... that's right. <laughs> yep. It's it's usually some sort of public domain song, right? It's it's something that they don't have to pay rights to. Um, though I do have a very creepy video of an ice cream truck. But do you? Long story. I do. <laughs> I have a terrible. very creepy oh. story of an ice cream truck that I will post on the web page. Actually, when we that. publish this episode, it's terrifying but this is a very long intro for just this question what do you get gare <laughs> uh man i was always tempted by my favorite superheroes newest uh googly-eyed ice cream pop um, mm-hmm. i think that just the derpier batman looked the more willing i was to throw two bucks on this mm-hmm. uh vanilla and uh, blue vanilla flavored ice cream cone <laughs> with some bubble gum eyes. So that, yep. that was generally what I went for. And I was also especially fond of drumsticks. The bubble gum in those were terrible. They're so bad. It's it like, like super they're disintegrate. Yeah, cold bubble gum just doesn't quite work because it's like first it's a rock and then it's yeah. just powder. So mm-hmm. there's no real gum. It never just congeals into it, one it piece. It never goes into gum state. Right. Right. All right, Jeff, what about you? Um... I would probably have to go. Wait, it depends. So, how much money do I have here? Ooh, that's a really good question. Let's say that your allowance just hit. So, whatever your allowance was, you can get two we'll bucks, go with that. Bud. So, if I was splurging for the weekend, let's say a new episode of Pokemon was coming out, mm-hmm. I'd probably go for the Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles occasion. with the gumballs, like Garrett was saying, one of those. Yeah. Uh, the Alien one was my favorite. Uh, had really solid flavors. If I um, could squeeze it out, I think usually. Strawberry shortcake was a dollar. I can get a strawberry shortcake, oh. and I can get maybe two of those uh, push pops. Oh, really man. get my three P experience. Do they even offer Klondike bars? This is a hell of a roundabout way to even get to the topic <laughs> of Klondike bars. Hello and welcome to Roll and Move. <laughs> yes, welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's only podcast where we talk about board games and apparently ice cream this time, and we break down some of the worst things that have ever been produced for the board, the dice, and the cards, and we talk about what makes them bad, and we break them down for you in hopefully an entertaining way. My name is Thomas Schungerberg, one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, and with me here as always is Garrett Lively, the aforementioned Batman bubblegum ice cream eater. And Jeff Lee, Half-Baked Ice Cream was named after me. So Garrett, where exactly did you find this game? Because today we're we're playing uh we're playing a Klondike based board game. Is it is Klondike it bar, named- not even just Klondike. Like I feel like if in, in the board gaming industry, if you told somebody you're playing a Klondike game, they think you're going for like a gold rush type. or an expedition, yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, oh it's yeah. a quick thematic game. Some vapid some vapid Euro theme. Um, yeah, no. like you're climbing a mountain range and you have to prevent starvation. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, it, it yeah. sounds like a normal board game theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I was browsing my lovely local half price bookstore and I see what would you do for a Klondike bar staring at me on the on the used game shelf? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's weird. What is this doing over here? And I thought, you know, I thought maybe it was like a coffee table book or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what would a 
coffee table book of Klondike bars. Okay, but three is, is the board game less weird? Because what would you do for a Klondike bar? Valid. The original game of minor skill and major will. And That's I actually knew, a great slogan. Is, I love that. It's very weird. And yeah, and I was like, this is perfect. This is amazing. There's did no way you, we are did not Did any of you have this. Klondike bars in your fridges growing up? I didn't. Never. I, I feel like Klondike my, my bars. My grandparents were, did. It was a, it was a, that was a grand, that was like a luxury item. Like, yeah, it was a luxury item. I was going to say it was, it was cost prohibitive for me. I always felt like my parents were like, no, we're going to get the 300 pack of, you know, pop ice. Right. Or so I think it, there's a direct correlation between how, um, affluent. how neat. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yes, but because of how neat they wanted to keep the house, Klondike bars kind of came uh, in this nice packaging where you're not going to make this huge mess. You think Marie Whereas Kondo likes Klondike bars? You unwrap a, a drumstick and peanuts are instantly just everywhere on the yeah. floor. So. Yeah. that was That's actually one of my go-to is, uh, is one of those ice creams that like is... It's it's the cone. Is that what you were talking yeah, about? Drum, here? Yeah, yeah, drumsticks. Yeah, drumsticks are chocolate, awesome. Chocolate cone. My favorite. Moment. That or my my go to ice cream sandwich is the one that gave you the the, the chocolate residue on your fingers mm. that you could save for later if you were a disgusting little boy like me. <laughs> and I I just couldn't get that with this one because this was like a too much of a hard candy chocolate shell for yeah, me. It was, a hard it was shell. yeah. yeah I, I like the cakey shells. That's that's the only way I can do ice cream sandwiches. So not the ice Take cream for me. Possibly the board game for me. I don't know. Let's find out a little bit more about this guy, Gare. Well, this is uh, this is wild. So this was this was uh, created by All Things Equal, uh, which have made some very well-known games uh, that you may might be familiar with. Awkward Family mm-hmm. Photos, the board game. Um, mm-hmm. Loaded Questions, I think, is probably their most popular one by far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They also have two board games dedicated to the big lebowski so that's all i can appreciate that yeah big fans they Um, have dude dude meet your match and then where's the money lebowski which i wonder how well those are rated (laughs) i love it because they only have like five total no they excuse me they have 10 total board games in their collections five of those are loaded questions variants and then two of those are big lebowski games so 20 (laughs) percent of their entire board game run is dedicated to to Cohen Brothers, they movies. just have a really scattered portfolio. It's like it's like the guy every week is one of those guys that comes up with the next million dollar idea, mm-hmm. and uh, people are like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, boss." And then he's just like, "Let's just run with it." <laughs> and then every week they just do something completely random and different. And it so, seems like they hit with a lot of questions. So one thing about All Things Equal, I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, one guy has made all their games. His name is Eric Poses. Mm. He's the owner and president, and he's made all their games um, and their catalog. Uh, since 1997 when the original loaded questions came out and he highly encourages uh, questions feedback and uh, comments so we, oh, we, may cool. have to, we may have to reach out to old Eric to see if we can uh, get get comment on this game yeah totally uh, I would I would love to do that but yeah he, he has made all these games and um, I have no idea how he arrived on a Klondike bar board game do you think let's he- let's send him a box of Klondike bars to ask him <laughs> Do you think Glondike approached him? Do you think um, I don't I don't know what food industry owns Glondike mm-hmm. bars, but do you think they came to him, or do you think he had this great? I mean, clearly he didn't have a great Glondike bar board game idea. You know what surprises me? No. So like, okay, so I'm looking at the release date. This game came out in 2013, and uh-huh. I would understand if this was the 90s, where marking was everywhere. Like you would see like 
cereal branded i don't know put in whatever skateboards like it would, be, it would just be like nuts like people would spend money on the weirdest things just kind of shotgunning their approach on marketing and i would be like okay if this game came out then i would kind of understand this game came out in 2013 uh so i think it'd be really strange to me either way like i don't if klondike was like oh man board game industry is picking up we better <laughs> we better get in on this so i yeah i don't know yeah i was gonna say klondike's advertising is actually really crazy because this board game is based off of the famous like 1980s 1988 somewhere in that era i was looking up some ads it's based off of that ad campaign that was born then but Jingle. the newest yeah the newest ad campaigns for klondike are insane it's really? like okay let me just uh, we're going to cut a little bit of this out, but I'm just going to post this video in the chat for you guys to watch just so you can see what I'm talking about. And we're going to jump right to that. Here we go. Here's the chat. The gravity here is too strong for my ship. <laughs> Looks like you'll have to spend the night. What yeah, in the world? The night. Okay. Gosh. So that's a probably a good place to come back in, right? So their ads have shifted away from what would you do for a Klondike bar? Like and just wholesome, sort of like, yeah. Like funny, sort of weird. To like, what the oh, heck I would just happen to get a Klondike bar. Yeah, like what the? That's how <laughs> that's we got this. Way to put. That's yeah. crazy. It's so for those of you who, of course, can't see what they're doing is they have like these weird Klondike puppets walk into a room and it's it's stylized to look like a bad 1970s porno. Uh, where the Klondike bar has uh, sexual relations with all the ingredients that are going to go <laughs> it's inside all the other, of it. It's all the other candy bars. And at the end, this, the end screenshot, I love this. It says, the best ice cream bars ever conceived. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, it says that this last aired in 2018. So their ad campaign is completely shifted, even, even with this board game being relatively new. So they're going in a totally different direction here. Uh, so board games as a method of advertising for Klondike bars. I mean, if this is the content that they're producing, I don't, I'm not surprised, you know, after seeing this ad that they're going to pr try pretty much anything. I want to know if they come out with a board game now, what it would be like after that ad campaign. Who'd you have sex with for a Klondike bar? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd probably be just Cards Against Humanity or Loaded Questions. I don't even know. He just package it with this other game. Um, oh so... We have a little bit of an understanding of what this game's about, who it's attached to. It's attached to Klondike. So I think now is the time, Garrett. We ask you the fateful question. <laughs> What's in the, it's in the box? This was the most disorganized box I've ever opened. Um, wow. Ironic. Used, saying something. Right. It's very it's ironic. For, <laughs> uh, for the nice packaging that Klondike bars normally come in. Um, I'm going to post a picture to this on the, on the webpage. So feel free to check it out. Um, I don't know if this is because this is a used copy or not, but... Well, I know it was partially because of that, but there there seemed to be no inserts or anything like that. It, it's an empty cardboard box, and all of the cards are just strewn about. That's a cardinal sin, by the way, in any <laughs> in any board game in this era. If you're not, you don't have to have an insert, but mm -hmm. oh God, <laughs> like make it easy to package up. So basically, on, open up the box. You got a nice little half sheet of rules. You got a hundred challenge cards, um, six dry erase boards with six markers, a uh, nice little sand timer. Uh, two cubes, which I'm going to come back to here in a second. And then uh, 36, and they reiterate this over and over again in the rules, non-edible mini Klondike bars. They are not edible, these cardboard punch-out pieces. What's the age are, are you group sure? Here? Are you sure about that, Gare? What's are the age you sure? group? 
uh, ages teen to adult. So teen to adult. If this you're is thir- like if your thirteen a- year old has is known to put cardboard into their mouth, thinking mistaking it for ice cream. This, this is, is a precursor to Tide Pods. Like they, people knew that the <laughs> teens are going to be so stupid that they just eat anything. That they're yes. like, oh, I don't know this cardboard thing. Yeah, it's in all caps. Thirty six all caps non edible mini contact bars. So. They apparently had some trouble during playtesting uh, with people <laughs> eating this. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So so here's the definition of edible. According to Merriam-Webster's <laughs> Dictionary, the definition of edible is, quote-unquote, fit to be eaten. Fit to be eaten. Right. That's so are, are, we, are we saying that it is possible to eat those? Because I'm willing to bet, Gare, you could eat that cardboard. I could eat that, really I could eat that cardboard. If I can, yeah, I, I can... I can certainly get it into my stomach, whether or not it's digested and passes. That's another question. But uh, whether or not it'll give me issues down the line, especially at our age. Jeez. However, oh, I man, think those, they, ca- those cardboard Klondike bars just go right through me, man. I believe. Yeah, right. I think they took the legally advisable route for both um, family and party games and all things equal. And whether or not they needed to keep keep harping upon the fact that they are not edible, I don't know. But there you go. Uh, so yeah, 36 of those little Klondike bars, six of them are different, uh, or six different flavors. So you have, you got your crunch, you got your mint chocolate chip, you got your dark chocolate, you got your, uh, caramel pretzel, you got your Rocky Road, and of course the original flavor. So all six of your Klondike bar flavors. Would you guys be interested in hearing sort of a list of the passed on flavors? Cause I got, I got a list of Klondike's flavors here. If you guys aren't exactly fans yeah. of like salted, yeah. salted caramel pretzel, uh, I mean, I personally would have liked to have seen their uh, their Planters Caramel Peanut Bars flavor. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Uh, something that might be right might be really nice to see in there. Uh, their Strawberry Cheesecake Bars, which actually have a pie crust coating Ooh. as opposed to the normal chocolate. I was gonna say it'd be weird with chocolate, but yeah, I know. I'm surprised they didn't draft that pick. That would have been a really good one to include in the board game. <laughs> Uh, the s'mores bars, s'mores, solid flavor. Uh, also, the candy. It just says the candy. There's no <laughs> specific type. It oh, just candy, says eh? the, the candy flavor. And then there are, of course, the Klondike Nugget Bars, which is a Klondike bar filled with smaller Klondike bars. Oh, oh that's meta. <laughs> Did they get Exhibit to market that one for them? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that is a nice segue straight into the rules of the game. Basically, on, uh, on during the game, it's for four to six players. Um, on your turn, you roll a challenge die, die, and it's got uh, three different colored sides on it. And then, so it's a six-sided die with three different uh, colors on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you roll gray, you're gonna be doing an acting or a theatrical challenge. If you roll Ooh. white, you're gonna do a trivial challenge. If you roll blue, you're gonna do a creative brilliance or. Um, or kind of like a let your let your friends decide who's funnier challenge, and then uh, on half of those colors they have a red box outline, and that's kind of a bonus. So uh, you complete in the cha- compete in the challenge. Whoever wins the challenge rolls the second, and it's called a flavor die, and it lists. Um, so it's a six sided die as well. On two of the sides it says choose a flavor. On one of the sides it says steal a flavor, and then on all the other sides, so the other three sides. Uh, they have two flavors listed, and if you win a challenge, you get to roll that die. And mm-hmm. if one of the two flavors pops up, you get to take one of those two flavors. If choose a flavor pops up, you get to take any flavor. And if steal a flavor pops up, you get to steal a flavor from the other players. 
that you don't have. And the first player to collect all six of the Klondike bars is the winner. So pretty simple, pretty straightforward game. Um, and I think all the challenges are 30 seconds. It's a lot like Cranium. If, if, you, if our listeners out there have ever played Cranium where you have to collect mm-hmm. a couple pieces and you have to do something, whether it's creative or trivia or some mm-hmm. sort of performance, it's a lot like the same without a board. Um, it's probably a pretty good way to, to explain it as well. They even take aspects of Trivial Pursuit where you're collecting these different flavors. Um, where they kind of veered off is that the flavors aren't particular to the category or challenge that you're completing. Um, mm-hmm. It's more of the the die roll, which is, you know, we can, we will, we'll, I think I'm sure we'll touch on later as to whether or not that was a good design decision. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be fun to kind of go over some of the challenges that you might come across in this game, uh, mm-hmm. just to kind of see the flavor of the game. If, if you're not familiar with, um, loaded questions or the, Aquaman the flavor of the game. Yeah, the uh, so let's see here. I'm going to, I'm going to roll this. I, I, one thing I will say about these die dice is that they have a nice heft to them. They, they have a nice, uh, you guys, you give guys that a couple taps that. there. Yeah, I want you to give that a roll real quick. Nice. Oh, yeah, it's nice, huh? Probably eighty percent of the production cost right there. Yeah, yeah. So these are nice. They have nice uh, printed on graphics. These aren't stickers as we're used to on many of the roll and move. Episodes. They tell the teens not to eat it. <laughs> not uh, an edible dice. Yeah, right. These are not the edible dice. dice. Although I'm not sure if that's listed in the rules. Yeah, so why don't we, you give we, that a good chunk may, for us? Huh? We may. Yeah, I'll take a bite here. <laughs> <laughs> Broke a tooth, I think. Uh, so let's see. I'm going to roll a die here. Okay, boys. Our first gray question is... Uh, Jeff, I'm going to need you to explain to the rest of the table why you're com- convinced that Santa Claus hates you. Uh, they kept me with my family for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Oh, Not bad. no. Oh, these guys again. Uh, every year, oh. I'm wishing for a new family, and then... Here I am. All right. Uh, so, Thomas, your challenge is okay. going to be pretend you're a tough guy with a very high voice and try to intimidate the other players. Now, you listen to me, buddy. All right. Now, what you say on the Internet and what you say in real life <laughs> is not the same thing. So if I want to come in here and start flirting with, you know, people of scrupulous ages, then that's that's just fine. <laughs> Mr. Hansen, leave me alone. <laughs> very well done. Very well done. So those are your those are your what they call theatrical challenges. So basically, they're going to ask you to uh, take on a role or, or give a verbal dialogue or, or not dialogue soliloquy, I guess monologue rather, um, or maybe dance or sing or something like that. So those are your theatrical challenges. Then you have your white trivia challenges. So let's see uh, an example here. Um, these are a little bit more straightforward, but write down how old you would be on your birthday in the year 3000. And uh, I got it for me. 1010. I would be 1012. I would be 1011. So yeah, those are going to be more of your quick. It's basically who can figure something out a little bit quicker. Uh, sometimes a little bit math related. Sometimes uh, wordplay. Um, one of them was like uh, write down all the months that don't end with Y or ER. Um, something like that. And then the final challenges are going to be your creative brilliance challenges. So I wanted to do a couple of these on air as well. Um, Okay. Uh, Thomas, I would like for you to please write a sarcastic thank you note to anyone in the world. Okay. Dear Kim Jong-un, I just want to say thanks a lot. (laughs) 
for creating a big, ugly, demilitarized zone in the middle of what was a really beautiful piece of mountain range. I just want to say thank you so much for these gigantic, intimidating gun turrets that are blocking my view of the sunrise and joking around and launching these missiles. It's real cool to be woken up at 4 a.m. hearing some missile fly over my house in Japan. Thanks a lot. Pal. Uh, and then, Jeff, you are going to be writing down the name of any player and the job for which you think that player is least capable. Define job. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's ever made money doing it, we'll count it as a job. All right, Garrett, least qualified to be... Me? My Personal? lover. Oh. I'm I'm glad to hear Karen's getting paid for that now, so that's good. <laughs> Get a pretty good, pretty penny for that one. And Thomas, uh, yeah, my dad. <laughs> Are dads paid these days? That's pretty good. They get they a can tax be. break. They get a tax yeah, break. They can be. They get a nice. Oh, that's true. I paid. You know, I paid subsidies. to. Uh, I paid to have a wife, so I count, I count it. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah, so those are kind of the three basic challenges, and then on your turn. Uh, you'll have one of those challenges assigned to you and you're going to select your direct opponent. You compete mm-hmm. and then everybody else that's not participating in the challenge judges. They write, write a name on the dry erase board and reveal simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person with the most votes wins that challenge and gets to roll the flavor cube. So um, as is often with these games, it's obviously quite subjective uh, as to who can win challenge uh from challenge to challenge, you know, you could definitely play favorites. But don't worry, guys, they address that in the rules. Players and judges are encouraged to be honest and fair when voting. So there you go. Wow. Is, yep. Don't don't do that. <laughs> okay. Caught that one in play testing. Don't worry about that. And uh one <laughs> we, final disclaimer I'd like to go over with the rules. In no way is this game encouraging you to buy delicious square ice cream bars with a chocolatey coating. Okay. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> nice. There you go. So yeah, that is the game in a nice chocolatey coating wrapper, nice aluminum foil wrapper, rather. Oh, there um, you go. And Man. overall, I I honestly had a great time playing, going through these challenges, and I, I have a great time with uh, loaded questions as well. Mm-hmm. I like these games that give me a chance to express a little bit of creativity, a little wit, see the creativity yeah. from my friends. So I don't know what were y'all's thoughts playing through it. I'm with you, Gare. Anytime that a game is going to let me have some sort of open-ended response or some sort of fill in the blank in order to address the problems and either potentially make a fool of myself or potentially horribly offend someone in the room, I respect the risk that I am allowed to take. And so I will automatically grade games like this higher than anything where uh, I have a pre-written response that I'm that I'm playing on the table or a, a so pre-written, like a pre-written response to a pre-written question. You're mm-hmm. not you're not having as much fun. You just, yeah, you so know, you don't like if, uh, the old match em ups, huh? No, I'm not the biggest fan of match em ups. Not the biggest fan of black and white color palettes on my games. You know, it's just it's just not the best. What about green and red color palettes? I could take that or leave that. You, you know, it's just them. not not as not as not as fun for me. <laughs> but no, I thought this was I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, uh, I had a blast. I mean, I, I went through I went through a ton of these cards and like the challenges are fun. Like you can see mm-hmm. immediately, you know, how you know, you can just start thinking about it. I'd start thinking about how you know, Thomas is going to berate Jeff or Jeff's going to berate me or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. so like I'm reading through these and it's, it's great. And if you know your friend group, that's a, that's a, that's a great 
way to jump down it. What I just do not understand is how this game in any way, shape, or form has to do with Klondike bars. It doesn't. There's it absolutely doesn't. no. There's absolutely no theme. Like the theming is the weakest part about this game for sure. Yeah. Like um, you get to choose. You, like choices. Like you have a lot of choices with Klondike bars. It's a week. What would you do? Would you do these crazy, wacky challenges and trivia questions for a Klondike bar? Uh, I would. I mean, I would hardly pay the MSRP for a Klondike bar. So let me put. I it mean. <laughs> I'm pulling up here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I went through twelve cards here before I found a card that had some sort of challenge or question about the Klondike bar. And it mm-hmm. says, uh, "Write the word chocolate on your dry erase board and write four words you can form from the letters found in chocolate." And it also on the Man. same card has perform a new cheer about ice cream. Oddly so, enough, it, this is the one time where I feel like more theme would make the game worse. I, I like I like the game where it is, and I feel like if they made it more Klondike oriented, I just it would have been right. so I, oddly niche that I just would have kind of been off put by it. I totally agree, but like I just don't understand why Klondike Bar wanted this. Yeah, absolutely. Game yeah. Made. they just they just shouldn't. There's some cases where you just shouldn't make a game, and this is one of those cases. Regardless yeah. of what you do, the perfect thematic game for Klondike would not have been a good game. That's just, just <laughs> the way it is. Get, They're operating in different time zones. You can get every one of these options in Cranium, right? Like literally every single one of these is a category in Cranium or a category in any of the other sort of trivial pursuit games where you have to mix and match or perform or something like that. There's just games that do it better. I don't think it's a bad game, but yeah, I'm 100% with you guys. There is no theming to this, and I just question as a... You know why it was created, other than the obvious. But I don't even think it's a cash grab. I don't think they probably sold that. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Wanted, you think like the CEO of uh, Unilever, I believe. Yeah, Unilever. Mm-hmm. I just looked as the uh, apparently owns the trademark, the name and logo for what would you do for a Klondike bar? Mm-hmm. And uh, I bet the CEO or owner was just like, you know, my daughter needs a good wholesome game to play, mm-hmm. and I love loaded questions or something like that so mm-hmm. they made a they're like hey aren't you proud of daddy i got a nice klondike bar game here hun no um, no <laughs> no i'm not I, proud I, of I have father. no idea i cannot come i why was this game made? he's like he's like my daughter she's 13 i keep trying to play this game with her and she keeps trying to eat the pieces so could you guys please put a disclaimer on <laughs> please there put, the disclaimer. put a couple more disclaimers on that you know i i often have a theory that when there's when there's a game like this and a big company is sort of behind it my mind immediately goes to this is some sort of a tax loophole write-off thing. <laughs> like they needed the loss, they needed they needed a, to take a hit financially for some reason, an intentional hit. Because sometimes movie, uh, like movies that don't make a lot of money. Like you remember that movie that came out like Monster Trucks? Like no. it was produced. I know no one remembers yeah, it. Just came out like two days or not two days, two years ago, uh, where it was this movie about this monster truck that had an actual monster in it. And it was a live action one, and it was like a seventy-five million dollar loss. And I talked to like some of the animators at like Nickelodeon, and I talked to like you know some other people who are familiar with you know the company a little bit, and they're like, "Yeah, everyone knew that was going to lose money. Everyone knew it." And I was just like, "Well, then why did you create it?" And like everyone assumes it's like, "Oh, it's just some like they needed a loss on their taxes." And I'm like, "I'm not sure if that's a thing that like when you just have so much." success and so much paperwork somehow taking a financial hit is good for you or if this is like some sort of next level money laundering that's going on (laughs) i don't know just let you defer it i think but yeah i I totally agree it's i I, it's 
there's a lot of question marks when it comes to why would Klondike Bar create a game, a board game that you know the the it's just of all the ice creams, right? <laughs> like, right. This is one of the plainest. It's you know vanilla the, at its core. You know, I'm not talking about the remixes or whatever, but the vanilla ice cream center, chocolatey shell outside. That's a very simple ice cream. Like, there's not even enough there to make a theme. So it, it's mm. it's super weak. Um, yeah, I I, I agree. And it, yeah, we talked about like there are other party games that do this. I I do think he brings a nice little twist in like some of his challenges and some of his uh mm-hmm. his his trivia questions and I, I think i think those are good and i i think honestly better ones um and then i'm 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 what i'm interested to get y'all's take on kind of the mechanic of rolling a die to figure out what category you won for the, oh, for the so round. Like, here's here's how i was gonna try and game this thing okay yeah so i was i started off behind jeff i never caught up unfortunately but one thing that i did the reason that i was asking which ones jeff had is because it was essentially giving me a free space on the die Mm-hmm. Because if yep. Jeff if Jeff rolled steal a can or steal a bar, and I had all the ones that he had, couldn't steal it. Exactly, mm-hmm. he couldn't steal it. And I think did he did he lose his turn or did he have to re-roll? I think he got a re-roll, right? He had a re-roll, and then if he rolled something that he already had, he lost his turn. Right. So I'm essentially robbing one of the spaces on the die. I'm not sure if statistically that puts things more in my favor, but I know that it gives me an extra one on the die to steal one of his. So he mm-hmm. can never steal one of mine if I'm constantly chasing him. Yeah, you're at a you're uh, at a stopgap there. So you can't go you can't go any lower than what you have because there's no way that I can there's no other attack mechanic in the game where I could take something from yours mm-hmm. because right. I already had it. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I never got the ability to actually steal from Jeff, but I was sort of like trying to hedge my bets and that if I'm able to minus one from him and plus one to me you know that we're we're closing the gap by two points there's a tiny little bit of meta gaming there or ways that you can sort of game it but really the rest of it is chance it's a roll of the dice yep based on yeah. what you get which yeah. sort of locks you into that roll and move uh mechanic where uh i think this only happened to you once though jeff where what was it you rolled the you rolled what you had and then you had to roll again uh because normally you're not allowed to roll again, but I think you got a special like red one where you're able to roll. You, you get to flavor. roll again if you if you land on steal a flavor, but there's nothing to steal. Mm-hmm. But if you roll on something that you already have and you can't take anything, then you lose that turn. So it, and so I'm looking at the die, and basically you have a uh, one in three chance of getting choose a flavor. So you have you know 33 percent chance of just selecting outright what you want, mm-hmm. and then you know, a, a one in six of getting steal a flavor. So 50% odds that you either get a reroll or get to outright select what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I mean, it's pretty good. I think it kind of limits the kind of the dice based purgatory where you just need one flavor and you yeah. keep rolling. Right. Thing. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah. The addition of, the of two flavors on one side of the cube is actually mm-hmm. really good to help prevent that. Mm-hmm. And it keeps, if you do find yourself in sort of the pit, you're probably just not going to find yourself there longer than maybe two turns. Yeah. You're I, right. Um, Cause like, I think steal a flavor, I'm going to say is, especially in larger player counts, is going to be a positive. Choose a flavor you can basically select and then the other face that you need. So you basically have a four and six chance or a two and three chance of rolling what you need on your turn um mm-hmm. to to get what you need so i, I think it's a kind of interesting mechanic but i'm not quite sure if it's necessary or useful you know um yeah. i think like cranium and trivial pursuit and i think you kind of say what you want about those games but you kind of have a 
kind of have a theme. And I think they maybe, I, I don't know how they would have incorporated it, but I think they maybe could have like, I don't know, all the mint chocolate chip questions are, you know, they have some sort of theme based around them with, right. with green or something, you know, whatever it is. Or like caramel pretzel questions or activities make somebody at the table salty. You know, whatever it is, you, you, you like, exist in 2013. I think it was just coming to the forefront. Yeah. <laughs> well, a fair point. Uh, so anyways, and, and maybe you don't have the mechanic, like in trivial pursuit, the issue is like, you have to roll to get on the correct category that yeah. you need. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a way to get rid of that. Yeah. But there's some pushing. I, I, I would say this is better than trivial pursuit. Um, in that you're not stuck forever trying to answer, the one category that you need, but it, it kind of, again, lacks that theme that I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Why I think it would have been good approach. if um, you can have excess. So if you could steal other people's and put it on your own. Um, yeah. And that, that I think that happens in Cranium, if I remember correctly. You can stop people from winning or moving forward if you just steal towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. And then, not that you need both of them, but you're just stopping other people from having them. So I think the problem here is that they just didn't have enough of those ice cream bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, thirty six. Oh, know. did they? Okay, never mind. Um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, do y'all want to talk about what the internet thinks about this? What board game yeah, geek let's thinks do it. about yeah. this? Yeah, let's read some reviews here. Uh, I got one up. So from Paseco Babe from New York, uh, she gave it a five. Uh, and she said, funny, lighthearted game with acting, creativity, and silly trivia. Uh, decent for what it is. Had us all laughing. And <laughs> I like this little ad at the end. And made better with real Klondike bars eaten at the end. I like that. It's that sort of note that comes from, like, I feel like really optimistic, like, moms. It's just like, here's a little trick to make it better. <laughs> here's if a pro really tip wanna, from us moms. Here's a pro tip. Have us uh, give the winner a real Klondike bar. <laughs> <laughs> to, to really up the ante so when uh, you're playing with your kids. <laughs> that, that, that reminds me, one thing I didn't talk about is that in the game are included eight champion cards, and we have one filled out for Jeff here that we're going to post on the website. Uh, and so unfortunately, you do not get an included Klondike bar, but you do get this uh, nice champion card that the game encourages you to um, sign, date, and use for bragging rights in any and all situations. So you just carry that I'm around. asking Garrett for that card. I'm going to put it in my wallet so that next time we have any sort of major <laughs> argument about something serious, I can just pull that out and be like, listen, right? you're talking to the champ. Let's see here. Just FYI, this uh, this sells for about 10 bucks on Amazon right now. So you can get a uh, decent. Nice and cheap. That's, decent, a fair, yeah. that's a fair price for that game, Yeah, I think. How many cards um, come with the game, Garrett? 100, 100 cards with three challenges each, so about oh, 300 challenges. Bad. I think okay. if I was giving a game to like, uh, you know, a couple that wasn't, they weren't a board game aficionado as a housewarming gift, or maybe to like an older, you know, like my parents or something, I think I think this would be a good game to give. I, you know, it's just super easy and cheap. You can toss it in with, mm-hmm. it's a good stocking stuffer, for example. Yeah. Um, I have a review here, uh, a little bit on the other side of things. person gave it a free a three. This is by Gavar Lichikapin. It's a series of letters. Um, From Massachusetts, they say that this is the true definition of trying to make people be artificially funny. Not a big fan of artificially creating awkward situations. (laughs) It's more fun when they come up organically in the game. Just not a big fan of this game. I, I don't understand how you can make the case that this is artificial when it's leaving your answers open ended. Yeah, so I, I really I disagree don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I disagree with his review. I, I, this is the uh, as as open as you can get um, for most games, uh, and and it's not like like we're talking. It's not like a match them up. 
you know, so we're not pre, there's no predetermined answers here. And they're asking us to come up with stuff on the fly. I don't know what he means by artificially funny. Uh, I have one on Amazon. <clears throat> so this has a 3.7 out Ooh. of five on Amazon, by the way. Uh, one reviewer has said this game went over like a lead balloon at our family gathering. Parts of the rules were confusing. We had to improvise some of it because it's an improvisational game. I thought it was mediocre, <laughs> but no one else liked it or even wanted to finish the game. We were playing with a group of 16s to seniors. It just wasn't enough fun for all of them. This is a group that loves games, too. I'd rather have the ice cream bar than the game. I love how everyone I think we'd all rather have the ice cream bar. <laughs> everyone incorporates the ice cream bar in their reviews. It's great. And I'm seeing a lot of reviews um, about people like saying this was too silly for their taste, for their like serious games. And I'm not really sure what they expected. Um if you look in the back of this box, it says uh, it has a quick overview of how to play. Like, it basically tells you what I told you. Mm -hmm. um, they even have a nice little, you know, how, like, on food packaging, they have the, the, the calorie counts or the nutritional information. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. They did something like that, similar for this, with the components. Uh, and they said, mini Klondike bars, 36, non-edible, zero calories. Um, guide, guide to glory, flavor cubes, dry erase. Just, they have little silly things, and it says right on the box, the company's website, familyandpartygames.com. So, I mean, I'm not 100% sure what people thought they it's were like getting into. It's like people were expecting when Scythe this. when they picked up this game, and they then on the other thought They probably thought it was a heavy Euro about the gold rush. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. I thought I was going to be in the mountains eating my friends, and here Clearly. I am. I thought I was going to play the thing. <laughs> Oh, man, that's great. All right, guys, well, I think it's time to get to our own personal opinions. I mean, that's what the people came here for. Anyone wants to uh, start us off, huh? All right, I'll start us off. Uh, I had a pretty good – I actually had a lot of fun with this. I, I really enjoyed the challenges, and I think I would choose this party game over a lot of other party games that I have, even on my shelf, honestly, um, mm -hmm. just because of the creativity and the challenges and, like, the – natural great responses you kind of get out of these leading questions and I, I think that's the real mark of a good um party game challenge is like it's leading enough to where it gives people a guide but it isn't just spelled out for them so all they have to do is hand in the card to get the funny response that the game handcrafted for them right so um i really enjoyed that aspect however again i don't understand the theme is just completely non-existent and it it's so weird for a game that is so specifically named and like, it is the what would you do for a Klondike bar the original game so I mean that is the uh -huh. name of the game and I, I just don't quite understand that um I mean for for a party game I I, I, I think it's really good um I think it's a great little party game for you know 10 20 minutes to play with whoever and, and encourage some debate some challenges mm -hmm. uh I think a good party game is you can't be too objective in, and this has some subjectivity in it, and I think that's great. Mm -hmm. um, I think this of all the games we've played on Roll and Move, honestly, this is probably like one of the three that I would happily replay. Um, wow! Yeah. Wow. Like I would, I would enjoy replaying this with somebody. Uh, and so, on that note, I'm going to give this game a nice five point five. Wow. Nice. Okay, I'll go next. Um, yeah, I, I'd have to echo a lot of the sentiments that Garrett has. So I, I agree. Um, there's, If you were to put a blindfold on and play this game 
uh, and not tell anyone that it was a Klondike bar game, then I think it'd be a great, it's a good party game. It's generic enough. The challenges are witty and funny and it puts people on their feet. Um, and I, I had, I, we had a lot of fun playing the game. Um, I, I'm, and because it's a party game, we don't have to worry too much about mechanics and score and the subjectivity is fine. And I'll, I'll also agree that it's, it's up there as far as one of my favorite games, um, that we've, uh, reviewed here in the podcast. So, um, I am going to give it, I'll also give it a 5.5. I'm not going (laughs) to give it a 10, but, um, very nice. That's your second highest rated game. after, Of course, small soldiers, big battle, the, the Holy grail. I have lie detector in there. Lie detector is my second. Oh, it's a six. I'm sorry. So it's your third highest. And I think lie detector in this game are pretty similar. And in that they're, you know, they're, party s games there's a little you know uh-huh. it's it's easy to play you know mm-hmm. some of the mechanics are pretty simple to pick up and it, it yeah. did what it intended to do aside from promote klondike my sentiments might be a little bit more surprised when you showed me this game on <laughs> you, garrett sent me a picture of this game and he's like look what we're gonna play uh and i was just like oh god this is gonna be awful uh, i was pleasantly surprised with how accessible the different uh trivia categories were for this i think it's a lighter version of cranium like if you don't want to bust out cranium bust out the play-doh uh have all these different decks of cards sand timer and the board and all this stuff and that that that's all fun right but if you want a lighter version of cranium that speaks to more of a party game for people who just want to they want to get straight to the action this cuts a lot of it out uh which is pretty impressive i do think that the random skin of Klondike just is bizarre. It doesn't <laughs> yep, make sense. Agreed. It doesn't necessarily detract from the game, but I think that it doesn't add to it as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I, I believe in the idea of if, unless you're adding something, a, a component is adding something to the game, then it's extra weight and you should just sort of get rid of it. I would have liked to have seen it themed better around Klondike Bar, but honestly, if they follow those instructions, then... You know, I, I think they might be putting themselves in a little bit of a box here. Uh, so my sympathy goes out to him on that front. But I will say kudos on making a perfectly serviceable game that I wouldn't mind playing again. Uh, I'm going to give this one a five. All right. Nice. That brings the Rough Draft Boys average to a solid 5.33. Uh, we're not too far off from the Board Game Geek average of 4.7. We're about 0.6 I wonder if part of that is because so some of the ch- and same thing goes with Cranium. It, it is it's one of those games where it is what you make it. So because we just took we like really wilded it out on these challenges and we made it a, like r- wacky and fun. Whereas I can see where some people are like, I don't like being creative. So right. It, well, sure. Yeah. So that's probably that's probably where where that score dif- difference comes. But it's again, it's pretty minuscule. Okay, well, as we sort of wind things down here, I think a good final question for you guys would be, what other dessert-based board game would you like to see hit the shelves <laughs> other than the Klondike game? What do you think? Oh, man. Uh, I hope to be reviewing sometime in 2021. <laughs> I hope that we will... Um, <laughs> 2021 specifically. Specifically, yeah. <laughs> well, I, we need to give it some time to let it kind of settle after, mm-hmm. you know, let, let let the tension come down. But I think the Tide Pod board game. 
<laughs> I'd like it to get super dark. Wash your sins away with the Tide Pod. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to go with something kind of similar but more edible, which is a Gushers-based board game. <laughs> I'm really. Fu- it's really funny that you said Tide Pod, so now I have to concede. I would like a board game where all it is is just a set of instructions for ridiculously hard desserts. <laughs> and if you're able to pull them off, here's an upside-down pineapple cake <laughs> or, that's a also a souffle. <laughs> Good luck. Well, if you would like to hear us review potentially those games in the future, who knows? Be sure to stay tuned to future episodes of Roll and Move. If you want to talk to us about your suggestions of what you would like to see dessert-based board games come out in the future, you can hit us up at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. And Eric poses, if you could go ahead and whitelist roughdraftgames at gmail.com, you can be expecting an email here shortly. We, we would love to follow up with you um, after you've encouraged our, our loaded questions. We'll buy you a box of Klondike's to do it. And lastly, if you want to come take a bite out of our content at roughdraftgames.com, drip on over and check it out. We've got thematics that you can check out for some of our other games. You can check out our other Roll and Move podcast episodes. And lastly, you can check out our All Rise board game that we're working on. Drip on the most disgusting way to move. (laughs) And lastly, but certainly not least, we would like to go ahead and thank everyone who has gone on iTunes and rated us five stars. We really appreciate your support. It helps people uh, find the podcast, helps us out with the algorithms. And uh, for those of you who haven't done it yet, what is wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. So we would really appreciate it if you would go over and do the same. It really, uh, like we said, it really helps us out. And so uh, just bop on over there and give us uh, five stars. And until next time, here's the official launch date for not All Rise, but our next game, which is going to be Klondike, a game where you're an ice climber in the Himalayas and you have to eat your fellow climbers. We're going to be launching that also in 2024. So stay tuned, gang. <laughs> That's going to be on Kickstarter. Be on, be on the, the only way, food yeah. source that you have in the game is Klondike bars as well. You like find coolers of them up and down the mountain. That'd be a bit more thematic than this. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Take care. <laughs>